Hi, good morning, and welcome to the ZP Vlog and Podcast. So we like to do this vlog and podcast every week at approximately 8 a.m. London time, but it's really just a kind of wrap up from the news um, from the week. So at the moment, I mean, I think the two main themes for this week actually will be food sense and um, CGN, continuous glucose monitoring. It's um, these two things sound so sort of dia- sort of diametrically opposite, you know. One of them's for measuring the capsaicin in chilies, and the other one's for measuring the glucose, for example, in diabetics. And they seem so separate and different. But in fact, I mean, in the end, this is the power of electrochemical um, analysis that, in fact, it can cover both these things. So we did do a webinar during the week. Um, I think we do say it quite a lot that, you know, our commitment to the Food Sense product is, you know, we do weekly webinars. Everyone who's a customer gets... Um, personalized training or personal training and everyone and we also do uh, monthly webinars so that you know we can kind of keep on um how do i say this keep on updating um and making sure that people are well trained anyway that all that said um let me dive forward a little bit more so we did do our weekly webinar and it was useful because we had somebody who was testing in um korea at the time um south korea obviously and um they were basically under diluting so i i was able to kind of address their problems show them that they were getting a signal because it was basically saturated with capsaicin capsaicin is not terribly soluble so we were able to address that another question i was able to um address was also um carolina reapers they have a reputation for being 2.2 million and i suspect that they are but you can't guarantee that just because you have a carolina reaper powder that it is 2.2 million um, Scoville heat units, um, especially if you don't have any kind of certificate of analysis on it and you're just using kind of, you know, belief, let's say. So um, you can get these things tested by HPLC. You've got to be a little bit careful because there's two methods of HPLC testing or two methodologies, ASTA 21.3 and AOAC 995.03. They're two different methods and I'm still looking into this, but I've got a suspicion that the AOAC method actually might be more um, uh, more accurate. But of course, you know, at ZP, we're completely, you know, biased because actually we think the best method is actually food sense, which is not an HPLC method. It's a quick, easy to do um, system. But anyway, I looked at the Carolina Reaper and I kind of said, look, you know, you can't just assume that it's all 22 point million um, um, Scoville heat units. You've actually got to think about, you know, your own history with this chili powder how long have you had it stored what conditions have you had it stored undo was it exposed to light was it exposed to temperature is it exposed to humidity capsaicin is an organic molecule it doesn't just hang around um in this infinitely stable state it actually um, degrades quite a bit so i suppose all that said that at zp we're quite passionate about the products you know including the food sense and actually we'll really dig into the science behind not just about but behind the product bit but behind the samples that we're even testing so and I think an, an extension on that was, you know, we did actually look at the Carolina repo. I think we're the only people who have actually done a meta-analysis and looked at all the different um, scientific papers out there on Carolina repos and shown that actually there's quite a variability between 3 million Scoville heat units for Carolina repo to half a million um, Scoville heat units, which is basically 6x. So um, got to be a little bit careful when you just assume something about a particular product, uh, especially when you don't really have any HPLC data to or any, yeah, any other data to back it up, let's say. Um, something else, of course, is that we do do our weekly webinars. So we are doing a weekly webinar um, 
on thir sorry Thursday the 8th of February and any questions that have kind of come in during the week um, we will answer those during our webinar I've actually just done a webinar this morning because there's so many questions coming in these days um, you know technical questions um, so this just this morning it's today is Sunday the um, 4th of February but we answered questions about the integration between lateral flow and electrochemistry we did questions about CGM continuous glucose monitoring we also did questions about um, lactate and um, I want to say potassium as well but I missed potassium off the list but we did do a webinar this morning and there is another webinar then coming on the um, Thursday the 8th of February so these are coming bi-weekly I don't want to kind of say that there will always be bi-weekly because it really depends on the level of, on the number of questions that have come in during the week but I've already got some questions um, loaded up for Thursday so if you're just interested in dropping in that'll probably go live about 8am London time we like to do them live because um, I think it just gives it you know sometimes when it's, things are too scripted things that would otherwise have just occurred to you you don't say it but you know we like to sort of have that kind of live um, I don't want to call it a broadcast that's a bit too but we do like to have these kind of live live events let's say something that has also come up um, as you can see we are quite committed to food sense um, this is just a little bit of history, but there was a guy in about 1912 in the US. He was a pharmacist called Wilbur Scoville. Um, so when you think about chilies, they would often use this unit, the Scoville heat unit, SHUs. Um, now these days there are objective ways of measuring SHUs. Um, there's HPLC, super expensive, actually not quite as accurate as people really believe. And then there's food sense, which is much lower cost, and I think is actually pretty accurate and is transparency. Now I use the word transparency very carefully. Transparency means you can see the raw signal. So I can, um, because it's a very cloud-enabled system. If I want to troubleshoot or back up, you know what the machine is saying, I can actually look at the raw signals. This is probably the only analytical system in the world um, so cloud-enabled that actually. You know, the manufacturer can be invited by you to look at the data. We can go in there, check the data, make sure it's working okay. Anyway, backing up a little bit, you know, Wilbur Scoville, 1912, um, came up with this organoleptic um, method for testing the um, hotness of chilies. Um, and basically what he did is he would take a panel of people and he would um, progressively dilute samples until about 60% um, of the panel reported that they could no longer taste the chilies but that means that one person might have stopped at dilution one another person might have stopped at dilution three another person might have st stopped at dilution five so there's quite a error or um in that result it's only when the third person has agreed or not the third yeah if there was a panel of five and the third person suddenly agreed that they can't taste it then you call it at that point so it's not particularly accurate and it, yeah it has been replaced by hplc um, and actually now by the food sense as well. But I did want to describe this Scoville heat unit because I think people use this term, Scoville heat unit, and they talk about Wilbur Scoville 1912. You'll find plenty of papers or even videos about that, but you'll very you find very few people that actually even describe what it is to run these Scoville um, organoleptic tests. But we did do a, um, a video about that um, this week as well. Something that... Um, ZP does a lot of and I realize that ZP has been working on what we call digital twins for years we just it just wasn't called digital twins once upon a time but digital twin is a kind of representation of a physical 
could be a physical object, it could be a field, it could be a bioprocessing, it could be a bioreactor, it could be a human being. But a sort of digital twin is sort of saying that I've built a model of this system um, and I'm able to make predictions about this system. Um, and also I'm able to, you know, what we like to do at ZP is actually enhance that model by having real-time data that's feeding into the model. So you can essentially sort of, you know, if it was a, um, for example, if it was a river, you could have sensors in the river measuring nitrate, phosphate, potassium. But then you could also make predictions of what that's going to do based on um, weather forecast. That would be kind of like a, what a digital twin would do. It would bring in several data sources, maybe current and maybe predictive and maybe over past data as well. So you're looking at now the future and the past and you're combining it to kind of be able to give you useful information now about the system um, and it's not restricted as i say it, it can be used in health environmental precision agriculture biological systems i think it, the concept of digital twin works best in actually complex systems if it's a simple system a simple system would be like a sort of um a pulley system you know i pull here and something lifts there well you don't super need a digital twin for that input equals output but when output can actually be quite sensitive to inputs, then maybe a digital twin actually plays in, um, is, is quite a nice um, concept. I think they've been around for a lot longer than people have been calling them digital twins, but digital twins sort of, you know, uh, it suggests, you know, that you have a complex system and you've made a twin of it, but that twin happens to be mostly code. Um, and really related to that really then is probably CGM, continuous glucose monitoring, that in CGM, Actually, they do use this slight concept of digital twin because they are trying all the time trying to manage somebody's glucose levels or all their diabetes. And so CGM, continuous glucose monitoring, is really part of that. Um, but then people are trying to use um, and the concept of artificial pancreas where you're actually um, able to maybe add in insulin to somebody. And so if you need that digital twin concept to kind of understand the link between input and output um, there between um, what I measure in somebody's glucose and how much insulin I would otherwise need to give them. So digital twin, different thing, but actually CGM is um, an example, I would, I would suggest, of a digital twin, um, or at least it's CGM, continuous glucose monitoring, and the management of diabetes actually would be a good application of digital twin. And I think it's already done. They just don't necessarily call it digital twin quite so much. Um, something else that we did cover this week as well in our, um, the webinar we did this morning is actually lateral flow. Lateral flow is a really good technology. Um, COVID-19, you know, most people are going around doing, doing home testing. Um, you also do lateral flow strips for testing, things like pregnancy as well. So it does work um, well. Um, problem with it, it's not necessarily digital. People try to use cameras and stuff, but um, it's cam it doesn't digital just means you know you take an image sorry cameras you take an image you convert the image and i would say that there is a way that is a form of digitalization i think a possibly a better way of doing it is actually to integrate lateral flows with electrochemical sensors um and i think you can get much more quantification if you do that as well so we did we have been playing with um, the concept of integration between electrochemistry and um, lateral flow strips. And so we did include that in a webinar today. So if I were just to do a summary of the week, the summary of the week <laughs> at a global level, we've this week talked about um, food sense, a handheld device for measuring 
capsaicin and food ingredients and things like capsaicin in chilies. But we've also, you know, expanded it, which is our way of, you know, talking about actually, you know, the things that we're testing, the Carolina Reaper, also talking about the history of um, hotness testing, the Wilbur, the Wilbur Scoville organoleptic testing, talking about digital twins, and then drawing that parallel between digital twins and actually managing um, type 1 diabetics. And then um, also then talking about IVD, in vitro diagnostics, lateral flow strips. Um, and in our webinars, we did talk about actually how to, if you did do an integration between a lateral flow strip and a screen electrode, how to integrate those two things and make a product from it. Now, as normal, this is just a wrap up from the things that we talked about this week. If you've got any questions for ZP, um, if you watch any of our webinars, you see that we actually answer them in quite a lot of detail. So I hope that is if you've got any questions, send them in to us um, and we'll be sure to cover them at some point. Otherwise, have a good week and yeah, let's hopefully speak to some of you next week. Okay, thanks so much.